What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 16. This is Writing Excuses. Your setting is a telegraph. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Margaret. I'm Howard. And, uh, Howard, when we were preparing this, you gave us the title. So why don't you explain what you mean by your setting as a telegraph? Uh, it, comes from, it comes from the term, uh, you know, telegraphing the punch, telegraphing, telegraphing the punchline, telegraphing the joke, whatever, uh, which is often used negatively. But here we mean your setting is going to telegraph to the reader very, very quickly, going to communicate to the reader very, very quickly uh, what kind of a story they, they're reading. Are they reading... Are they reading a comedy? Are they reading military sci-fi? Are they reading a puzzle story about alien archaeology? Uh, All of those sorts of mood things can be established by your setting and can actually be established very, very quickly uh, when when you introduce them to your setting. Yeah, you can always, of course, establish these other ways as well, through word choice, through what your character's doing, through situation. But this, we're talking about world building this year, and we want to really talk about how to use your descriptions you're setting or where people are or things like this to give an immediate and powerful indication of the tone of your story. Uh, A lot of times, uh, one of the big questions I get from students is, should I use a prologue or should I not? Which is one of those loaded questions, which is, you know, 
what kind of juice do you want, right? <laughs> like, should I have a drink of juice or not? Do you like juice? Is, <laughs> is it breakfast? Um, do you want a prologue? Well, one of the reasons you might want a prologue is if you are having trouble with your first chapter establishing the tone of the entire story, then you can use your prologue to do this. Now, that's, of course, dangerous because maybe you need to look at that first chapter and learn how to maybe make that one. But it is one of the things you can do is say, um, I often use the, the Wheel of Time as an example of this. In the beginning of the Wheel of Time, the, in chapter one, the first few pages take place um, with the young man on a farm with his father. And it's a little bit creepy because he keeps seeing shadows, but that's not a real indication of tone. If if you were taking those opening scenes as a promise, it might be, oh, this is going to be a pastoral, perhaps horror. So Robert Jordan has a prologue where a madman is wandering through a burning um, uh, castle screaming for his dead wife and children who are at his feet and he can't see them. And, um, you know, things are on fire and there's been a big war. And it's like, all right, we're in the middle of a giant war drama with some psychological elements. So that early introduction of tone is very important to set the tone for the entire series. How can we do this? What suggestions do you have to our listeners? One of the things that I find is that if you are uh, specific and concrete with your choices in the beginning, that this does a lot. So, like, if I am if I'm writing military SF, uh, then having having a hand cannon says, "Hey, we're going to be shooting some things." Um, if I'm doing a comedy, then you know, in very broad terms, if there's a, a coconut cream pie there, we we know that at some point, you know, it's it's the, the the Stooges law that if there is a coconut cream pie on the mantle, then by the third act, someone is going to get hit in the face with it. These are the things that uh, that happen that can communicate tone to the reader because we uh, we, we latch onto these concrete details. Well, and it's important to recognize that the the version of Chekhov's law that Chekhov actually said, which is, you know, if you want to fire a gun in Act 3, you need to show it on the mantle in Act yeah. 1. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hit somebody with a coconut cream pie, you have to show us a coconut cream pie on the mantle in Act 1 so that we know that this is a story in which there can be a pie fight. Yeah. I think it's interesting in the difference between fiction and what I'm thinking in terms of screenwriting because it's your opening shot. Right. And it's very hard to avoid establishing setting because the visual is right there in screenplay format. The first thing you say is this an interior or an exterior? What is our setting? Is it day or is it night? You know, that's the first thing somebody reading after fade in is going to encounter in a script. And in fiction, you have a little more freedom in there. Like, you know, if you're starting with a character, but it's remembering to put the character in a place because you can get so much lifting done, as you say, in terms of tone by where you're meeting somebody, what they're doing, you know, where these events are happening. A conversation that happens in a diner is different than a conversation that happens in a car that's speeding towards a cliff or in a prison visiting area. You know, all of those start you on three very different types of stories. Yeah. If I have a science fiction, an, an opening science fiction shot that is in the science fiction equivalent of a a mausoleum with, you know, uh, data encoded corpsicles or whatever, um, and that is what I am describing, uh, the reader has a pretty clear indication that life and the ending thereof 
is going to be one of the thematic focuses of this story. Yeah, I, one of my, my favorite episodes of uh, Firefly is the one that starts with Mal in the desert, naked. Opening That's shot. one of my favorites, too. And <laughs> that shot indicates wacky hijinks mm-hmm. are going to occur, not just, you know, him desert naked, but, you know, his pose, the way he's talking. Um, he's not, like, lying there dying of thirst, crawling through the desert. He's like, huh. And <laughs> just with one shot, you, he, did, he says something, but he wouldn't even need to. You know that you are going to chuckle and wacky, wacky hijinks ensue. And I Events really have like, gone rapidly out of his yes, control yeah, over the course of this episode. Yeah. I love when stories can do that. And, and I think, actually, one of the things about that is that you've got the, the specific concrete detail, mm-hmm. but you also have the character's relationship to that detail. Yep. So one of the examples that I think of is uh, the difference between Star Wars and Spaceballs. Both of them say, this is science fiction. And they both have the same opening shot, which is ginormous ships scrolling through. But Spaceballs, it goes on so long that it becomes comical. And that tells you, oh, no, no, this you're is gonna a, laugh. You're going to laugh all the way through. Yeah. And then thing. there's a bumper sticker. There's a bumper sticker. Yeah. 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 Just in case you missed mm-hmm. how long it was going on. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Let's stop for our book of the week, which is Terminal Alliance. Yes, uh, Terminal Alliance by Jim Hines. Um, uh, My family, we, we bought this book twice. Uh, I was on my way back from Cedar City with Kelliana, and I put on the audiobook of Terminal Alliance so we could listen to it. And we got home, and she said, are you going to listen to this in your office while you draw? And I said, uh, you know, maybe, but I'm not working yet. And she said, I want to keep going, and, and the reader is too slow. So do we have a copy of this book in print? And, and so we bought it in print. And 
No regrets. No regrets. It's a comedy about space janitors and zombie apocalypse. And, you know, that's kind of all you need to know. If I say space janitors and zombie apocalypse, you have enough setting that I've telegraphed to you the tone of this thing from my friend Jim that you're really going to enjoy. And I'm just going to second that I enjoyed the heck out of this book, too. And I think the cover was a Dandos Santos. I'm not sure. I, I love the cover. Yeah. I love the cover. So kind of riffing off that, Howard, how do you indicate that there are comedic elements in your stories? And how do you indicate sometimes, sometimes struck Mercy, it's very serious. And I feel like you use setting to distinguish these two quite well. Um, there's, well, first of all, I need to establish that if you're reading Schlock Mercenary and have been reading it for a while, um, if there isn't a punchline or if things happen and there are no repercussions, there is no serious side of it, uh, you'll feel like I've broken some rules. Um, and, and that's, uh, we've, we've talked in previous, previous episodes about, about budget. And so, you know, I have this currency that I've, I've spent to get you to this point. That said, I try to begin every book with some sort of establishing shot that will tell us uh, this is science fiction. Uh, I'm going to end the strip with a punchline, which because of the beat-beat punchline format of things will tell you very quickly we're going to tell a lot of jokes. Um, But I like to establish... The, the scope of the story in the, in the most recent, uh, I, say, uh, I say most recent, um, when Book 19, um, when Book 19 launched, I did a joke about prologues. And, uh, and we have a prologue in which an alien spaceship is flying and they're saying there's a, you know, star system ahead. Do we need to change course? No, we're going to fly through their, their cloud, comet cloud. We, sh- we should be fine. But anything, we're big. Anything we nudge, the, there is those inner planets are going to have to deal with. Well, sure, they're going to have to deal with it, but it's going to be millions of years. Eight million years later, we have a little velociraptor with a telescope who looks kind of like Leonardo da Vinci if he were a feathered velociraptor, uh, talking to another velociraptor who also has a similar sort of da Vinci-ish look, who is building something, and he's saying, how soon can your flying machine be ready? And that has told us this is going to be a tragic story about the ends of civilization, but you're going to laugh. Excellent. That was a very long-winded no, that's, approach that's to great. it. That's like, great. I uh, also made so much fun of prologues, and I was thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I wanted you to know giggle that, at your description, but I didn't want to mess up the audio. <laughs> I've restrained myself, and most of my books only have two now. <laughs> Way of Kings has four prologues. I know, so, I know. Yes. I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm amazed at, at your restraint. Yes. Um, all right. So building off of that, let's say you want to shift tones in your story. You know you're going to do it. You're going to be writing a comedic story that is going to get serious, or you're going out the other way. You're going to write a serious story, but you know you're going to have some comedic elements. How do you indicate that from the beginning? Do you need to indicate that from the beginning? I think the second part of that question is the more important bit. Uh, if the surprise that people experience with a tonal shift that they weren't expecting is your point, then you don't need to telegraph it. If, however, you don't want to alienate them, you know there's a tonal shift and you don't want to alienate them, then uh, 
then you do need to telegraph it. Okay, I I would absolutely agree with that. Um, though, you know, we're talking specifically about using setting, right? Mm -hmm. The methods of using setting. So let's uh, in our last few minutes here, let's give a few tips. What are things you've What are things you've done using your setting to indicate your tone? So I did this in calculating stars. Mm -hmm. um, calculating stars opens with a couple in the Poconos, and they're having sexy fun times, mm -hmm. and then I slam a meteor into the earth. Right. So. And, and what I did with that, in, and I, was, I made very, very deliberate choices in that first page, uh, that the opening line is, do you remember where you were when the meteor struck? Mm -hmm. um, and that tells you, this is going to be a disaster story. And then the, the next line is, I was in the mountains with Nathaniel, uh, and we were stargazing, by which I mean sex. Um, right. Which gets a laugh. And it tells you, having those two things back to back tells you... Uh, about the setting that we're in, and, and granted, I'm doing this in narration, you know, it, mm -hmm. it is a first-person character, but I'm, I'm using the setting there to tell you what this is going to be about, that, that you can expect a story in which uh, we're dealing with relationships, we're dealing with disaster, and that there's going to be some comedy. It's not going to be disaster all the way down. Yeah, I've, I often have um, trouble with first chapters, not starting them. I've talked about this before on the podcast, though, that when I get done with the book, I feel like my first chapter no longer belongs with the book that I ended up writing. And this is coming from someone who's um, architects and, and outlines a ton. Uh, that first chapter, getting that tone right, can be a big deal for just kind of establishing how mm -hmm. the whole story is going to play out. Uh, I had to do this just with my most recent book that uh, – will have just come out at this point about six months ago, Skyward, where I wrote the first chapter. I even did readings from it. And at the end, it was just not right. Even though when I rewrote it, it was basically the same events happening. Um, I needed to make, a, they live in a cavern system underground. I needed to make the caverns a little more claustrophobic. I needed to make the stepping out on the surface for the first time more full of wonder because the idea of we are, as a people are escaping the caverns and getting into the skies, that's the point of the story. Um, and it just, uh, I find finishing my book and then going back and saying, what was my book's tone really about and how can I hit this metaphorically in the first chapter? And I think that that's a, that's a really good point. That, and, and for me, a lot of times it's, it's about going back in and uh, – finessing the the specific uh, physical details of the space. So I have a, a story called Serbo in Vitro Ujo, which is, uh, which is one of the true horror stories that I've written. And when I wrote it initially, um, it read like it was going to be a, a teen drama. And what I had to go back in and do was, uh, was bring out, even though I didn't move the location, I shifted the, the um, you know, they're in a, a conservatory on a space station. So there's all of these plants around. But I made sure that there's like a broken rose, that there's a diseased rose, that there are, there are elements there that are unsettling in order to, to indicate that that's where we were going. And, and it was about going back and then adjusting the, the setting to match the tone. So our homework plays right into this idea, which you have for us, Mary? Yes. So what I want you to do is I want you to write uh, write an opening. Um, it can be taking an opening of something that you're already working on or just starting from scratch. But I want you to write the first half page. And in that first half page, I want you to hit 
three specific concrete details. And I'm picking three as an arbitrary number because I want you to, to actually really dig into this. But I want you to pick three specific concrete details that telegraph setting and uh, that telegraph the tone, that telegraph what the mood is. These details are obviously your setting. Um, so I want you to do that. And then I want you to write it again and telegraph a different mood. Yeah, use maybe even the same dialogue but use the setting to indicate a different tone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.